What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Thoughts by the VLDI podcast. What you doing Wednesday? where I bring you amazing people that I meet along the way and get them in here, let them tell their stories and let them tell you what they're doing and what they got going on. So today I have another author with me, Zarina Woods. And she is, did I say it right? You did. <laughs> <laughs> and she is the author of The Mask, Memories, Afflictions, Storms, and Knowledge, The Truth Behind the Smile. That sounds dope, and we're going to get into that. But before we do, we like to get to know you. Here at Thoughts by the Video, we like to get to know people uh, a little better. So tell us, uh, where are you from? Well, I'm from Decatur, Georgia, where I was born and raised. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, go ahead. Okay. Um, I attended McNair High School. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but that's the high school that I attended, um, Indicator. And so that that's where I grew up. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar with that. I'm a transplant. I moved to the area back in like two thousand six. So okay. I don't really know a lot. Just where I just know the places where I'd be at. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, so tell us uh what was life like for you growing up in Decatur? Well, growing up in Decatur, um, I grew up in a household. It was me and three younger brothers. Um, My mom was a young mom. She actually had me at 17. And she married my dad when she was 18. And so pretty much, uh, you know, I grew up in a household, majority of my childhood with both my mom and my dad. But they were young parents. So, Um, but I had younger siblings as well. And it, 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 you know, it was, it was, um, you know, a challenging uh, situation at times, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, that was how I grew up. Okay. So this is your debut book. At what point did you uh, discover you had a love for writing? I've always had a passion for writing from, I think the youngest age I can remember is seven. I would always write in journals And that kind of followed me throughout my young adulthood, through um, even my childhood. So Mm. believe it or not, I've kept all of these journals. Word? Yes. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I've kept all these journals with me. I can barely keep up with stuff I wrote last week. Oh, my (laughs) Yeah, I just, I love writing. And so even today, like if I'm having any thoughts or feelings, I just, I write them down. It's almost like therapy for me, almost. My daughter, my daughter says the same thing about drawing. She's, she'll sit and she'll draw for hours and it's just like her thing. And half the stuff she doesn't even want anybody to see, but she just Mm. sits there and and just draws in her little journal notebook. I don't know what you call it. Mm Mm-hmm. And my daughter does the same thing. I have a nine-year-old. So she's always writing in journals and drawing, and she'll just sit in her room and, and do the same. It's amazing how much of myself I see in her. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you, you have a bachelor's in psychology. How did you get in that? I've always had a passion for people. And it, actually, at first, I went to school to be um, a middle school teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of rethought that, like, mm, I don't know if that's necessarily for me. But I knew that I wanted to do something that would help people. And so I felt like psychology might be the best fit for me just because, you know, everyone from family to friends, they would always come to me and talk to me about their problems. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, you know, maybe, maybe that's a, a good, you know, avenue for me. And so I chose uh, psychology and my minor is actually in sociology. Oh, oh mm-hmm. a brain picker. Right. And I have a master's in human services. So as you can see, anything with helping people, that that's my passion. Okay. Are you currently working in that field? No, currently I'm not working in that field. Hey, it's, nothing, it's, nothing to be, it's nothing to be ashamed of at all. A lot of us go to school for things that we don't end up actually doing. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a young lady the other day and she that's what caught my attention with that. She just graduated from, uh, dang, I forget. It's one of the universities, Clark. She went to Clark, ran track, and uh, okay. she graduated with the uh, psychology degree. And she's like, I don't want to do that. I want to go back for, I think, like sports medicine or something like that. I said, okay. hey, do it. Knock yourself out, you know? Well, my first job out of school was at a mental health hospital. Oh. So I think... Um, working in that field at that time, I was like, maybe not that, that field wasn't good for me. So what I, what I do now, it's human services in the sense that I do like contracts and things with the Medicaid program. Mm -hmm. Um, so in a way it's still helping other people, you know, just in a different way. Okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Now the mask, tell Mm -hmm. us about that. So mask, uh, mask came to life from all of those journals that I've kept. Um, it's a fictional story, but it's heavily based on true events from my life. Um, it is a story that follows a young girl named Shelby White. Um, and basically she goes on this journey of self-discovery. She is dealing with a lot of dysfunction in her household. Um, Her dad is addicted to alcohol and crack. Um, And so she's trying to navigate just that whole family dynamic with seeing her dad's struggles and also how it's impacting her mother because her and her mother are super close. And so trying to, find her way through that situation. And also she was raped when she was 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And so you go on this journey with her where it's like, she's dealing with all these different trials and tribulations throughout her life. But as you know, in life, sometimes we all wear these masks where behind these masks, we've dealt with different types of hurts or different types types of pain or situations and so basically mask is going on this journey with Shelby as she's trying to navigate through all of these different situations that she encounters throughout her life that sounds dope Mm -hmm. definitely getting the concept of the the mask 
Right. And even throughout the book, um, there's a lot of original poetry from me. So oh. each yeah, so each section opens up with a piece of poetry that I've written and it kind of gives readers an insight as to what is to follow um throughout the book. So it's a combination of things, but I will say it's a very authentic and true story and like I said it's heavily inspired on things that I experienced as a young girl and throughout a lot of my adult life oh man was it was it difficult to you for you to write a story being that you were basing it off of some of your experiences it was difficult um at times um there were times where I definitely had to put the pen down and was like okay or stop typing. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let me stop because I kind of felt a lot of different emotions come up. Kind of took on a, you back to that place. Exactly. And it's almost like you have to go back to that place. It was almost like I had to go back to those different places in order for the book to really show the character's feelings and emotions. So it was almost like you kind of had to go back, but then there were moments where I had to pause and like gather myself and be like, okay, you know, Zarina, you just, it's just a place that you have to go to right now. Um, But it was also very, it was a healing process. Like when I finished this book, I was like, oh my gosh, it was like a relief um, at the end of it. So I can imagine because Mm-hmm. I struggle with that sometimes because I do one of the the segments that I do. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. I base the whole show on it for Fridays is called Growing Up DeVille. Mm-hmm. It's just basically me telling different stories. I try to stick to the stories that are the more entertaining and not the more serious. And I have caught myself at times getting ready to tell a story or I'm sitting here and I'm I'm in the midst of telling a story. And, you know, something triggers and it's like, man, I, I don't really want to go down that hole. So then I had to, I have to make that decision of, OK, do I just omit that part, this part or am I going to just go ahead and fight through it and add that in there? Did you do go through any of that? I did. Um, right before, actually, before I released the book, I gave my mom a draft copy of it because I was like, you know, a lot of it talks about my childhood, something she knew about, something she didn't know about. Um, and so I gave her a copy of it. And I'm like, if my mom can get through this book with all the emotions and the things that are built into it, I want to give her the opportunity to read it so that she can, you know, know what I'm putting out there. Because there were moments where I'm like, eh, I really want to put it all out there like that do I really want to reveal so much mm-hmm. and then I had to think about it a lot of the feedback that I'm getting back is like I I love the fact that you were so real I love the fact that you were so authentic because you know people are so judgmental and yeah. people are gonna judge every little thing that you do but that's the whole purpose of mask don't be afraid to be who you really are because your story can inspire somebody else. So why live behind this mask of what the world wants you to be and what you feel like is acceptable? Just be who you are. And amazingly, people receive that so much better. Yeah. Yeah. 
we and a lot of it I don't blame because it's been going on, but some of it I attribute to you know the, how heavily we are in the social media nowadays. Mm-hmm. Because you can you could just jump online and you could be whoever you want to be. Yeah, it's like you know the highlight. I always call it the highlight reel. You jump on there, you show everybody your highlight reel, all the best things that you ever done, all the best things that ever mm-hmm. happened to you. But mm-hmm. then you have to actually go out there in front of people. Right. And me and uh, another author was talking not too long ago, and he was saying like. Um, you know, you don't have any control. As hard as we try, you don't. You still don't have any control over how other people see you. And right. that blew my mind right there. Right, and that's true. Um, and I've always been one of those people that have been concerned about what people think of me. You know, like okay, I want to be perfect. I want to um, come across like I have it all together and nothing's wrong. I've always been that way. And I think within the past um, couple of years, especially when this vision for the book came to me, I was like, you know what? I don't care what people think of me. People kind of talk and, and come up with things in their own conclusions about about you, whether you're doing good or bad, you know, at the end of the day, people will just find things. Um, but when I was writing this book, I was like, you know what? I really, I'm really, I'm really not because it's, it's a part of my story. It's a part of who I am. It's a part of my history. And if I could share it to inspire someone else, then I've done my job. And, and that, that's my primary goal and focus. Yeah. And that, that's real important. That's one, that's one of the main reasons why I do, I ask the background questions. So, because I feel like it can, it may help somebody because a lot of times we judge, we're judging ourselves against, like I said, everybody's highlight reel. So right. to hear, okay, this person, you know, came from single parent household. This person was poor, you know, they barely fit, uh, uh, finished high school and look at what they're doing now. I feel like that kind of insp- can inspire people. That's why I like to, you know, just go a little bit into, you know, where are you from? Which, what was life like for you? And then we're going to bring it up to where you are today. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, going back to the childhood, you know, like I said, I grew up in a household with two young parents. Um, again, my dad was addicted to drugs and alcohol. And it was, you know, times when I would go to school and people didn't know that our stuff had got put out because my dad didn't, <laughs> you know, come home with the rent money or, you know, that my mom's, uh, you know, basically a single mom trying to raise four children on her own, you know, so it was, it was some tough times, you know, and as you can imagine, I'm the oldest. And so I was in tune with everything that was going on. And it kind of forced me to grow up before I really should have had to. Um, and so in trying to protect my mom and make sure she's okay and make sure my little brothers are good. And so there were some really, really tough moments, um, but we made it through it, but it wasn't easy. Yeah. So in, in, in a sense, you had to put on the mask for your siblings. Exactly. Yeah. I know about that. Uh, <laughs> the, the whole story behind how we ended up, my family ended up in Georgia, 
mm-hmm. we we had actually fabricated a whole story, a whole reason why it was par- it was partially true, and then it was partially because we was about to get evicted. You see what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. but we had that we had that story, and we all for the longest we all told that story because you know it's not necessarily it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, to, you know, to, to move to a new place and people are going to ask you. And I was little, so I didn't really get it. It was just fun to me to be <laughs> to be able to make up a story because I took liberty with it. I was like, hey, if I can make if I get to make up that part of the story, then I can make up some more parts of the story. I'm not just going to tell your made up part. I'm going to make up. My, my life is going to be freaking great by the time I'm done with this story. Exactly. <laughs> and then after a while, you start believing the you story that's made up, right? Yeah. <laughs> And you have to sit back and check yourself and be like, wait, that never, that never really happened. That was, I've just been telling it like that way for so long that, you know, I forgot myself. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the reason why I did, I started that series of telling my story because I had, I got to a point where to kind of fix myself, I had to tell the story to myself. Right. And then it was like, wow, you know, to get out those weed out of those those, those inconsistencies and, and those things that we made up and, and really figure out where how where, where I've come from, basically. Right. Took, exactly. Take the mask off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it feels so good when you do, because I've probably read this book quite a few times now and just reading back through it and it's like oh my gosh you know I can't I overcame that oh my gosh it was like every time I reread it the I became more and more free you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying like I became yeah. more and more free from everything that I had been through so I definitely understand now going into it were you planning on writing a book or did were you, did you just get inspired one day and say I'm gonna do this um, I'm going to be real. It was like God placed a vision in me and it was just like, okay, I have this story. What do I do with it? I have this vision. What do I do with it? And I was like, uh, I don't know about writing a book uh, because I'm such a private person. I was like, mm, I don't know about that, but I literally couldn't sleep. It was like popping up in my dreams. Like, no, you need to do this. You need to do this. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to do it. And I just, I just did it. I just, you know, um, actually one of my friends is a best-selling author. And so she was like my mentor, um, throughout the entire process and, um, just putting everything together and gathering my thoughts and everything. I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to do it. And then the, the more it starts to come to life and the more that I started to see the product come together, I was like, okay, it was confirmation. Like, okay, this is what I was supposed to do with all of that. Yeah. See people mentor somebody. Yeah. Put people out, stick together. We, we need that. Sometimes we need somebody to hold us up and to push us into yeah. the swimming pool. Like how, you know, your big brother, your dad would push you into the swimming pool before right. you were ready. Sometimes we need that. It helps us out. Yeah, keeps us accountable, you know, too, because I would write, I'd write, and then I'd put it aside, and then, of course, life happens, and so I'm distracted with what's going on with my child, or family things are happening, um, you know, going on behind the scenes, but she really mentored me and made sure I stayed on task, and, and I couldn't have asked for any 
any any greater support um than than that what I received from her. Yeah. And you say it was kind of like like God spoke to you. Are you a deeply spiritual person? I don't, I'm not a go to church every Sunday type of person, but I am spiritual. I do believe in God and I do feel like he we are here to serve a purpose. And I feel like we all have a gift and we all have a talent. And a lot of that may come from our, our experiences where we can share what we've learned and things that we've gone through. So I definitely feel like it was him that spoke to me and said, Zarina, this is what you are supposed to do. Everything that you went through, everything that I allowed you to go through was so that it could be a testimony to someone else. And I truly believe that he, he placed that in me. Yeah. Because those situations gave you a specific set of information that a lot of people may not have, have developed yet and are looking for. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of will be a disservice not to share that with the world. That's how I think about it. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. And that's exactly how I feel. Um, like I said, just from the feedback that I've been getting from people, it has been nothing but positivity. Um, and so, like I said, it's just further confirmation that I did exactly what I was supposed to do with it. Yeah. Was there, was there any pushback or kickback from people who may have read the book and, and, and got to a specific part and felt like it was about them? I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> I actually had an ex-boyfriend inbox me on, on Facebook and say, so everybody else had a name but me. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, you didn't give him a name? I did not give him a name. You, no. I want to know, what you call him? The guy? The devil? No, no, I didn't say the guy the devil was kind of like, oh, well, I just got out of a really bad relationship with such and such. Why didn't you say their name? I said I just got out of a really bad relationship. And um, it was kind of like at the point where I was sort of moving on with somebody else. So I kind of glossed over it or yeah, a little bit. So, but they knew at that point that I could potentially because it's loosely based on my life, I could potentially be talking about them. So, yeah, I did. I did get an inbox message. If I'm being 100, I, I figured you did. I figured you did. I have. I've never listened to anyone or spoken to anyone who wrote something that was either, you know, based solely on their life or even based loosely on their life. That there there wasn't somebody that was like, "Hey, why'd you say that about me?" <laughs> and you're like what? And sometimes you know it wasn't even about. Them. I've had that in my show where I've been telling stories. I had someone message me, one a good friend too, and he was like, "That's not how it happened. It happened this, this, and that." It's like if you go tell the story, tell it right. And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, bro, like we're we're talking about something from when we were like 15 years old." I mean, my I'm, I may remember it 
wrong than or differently from the way you remember it. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can always come on the show and tell your side of the story. Exactly. Because it's from your perspective. It's from my perspective. And all the characters in my book are fictional. So, I mean, you're assuming that it's, you know, about you. But, yeah, it's it's from your perspective. Um, Even when my mom read it, she said, you know, there were some things that she felt like um, did that really happen that way? And I had to keep reminding her, you have to think in this scene, Shelby was seven years old. So from the, the, the lenses of a seven year old and the lenses of a 20 year old, it's going to be different because as a child, I'm going to view things differently from you. So it's from her perspective. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. She, you didn't have to do a homie like Harry Potter. Him whose name we do not speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't intentional, really. Sort of, kind of. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm going I'm to put you on the spot. Do you have your book handy? I do. Would you mind reading us uh, some of that poetry that you have in there? Just a little bit. Just enough to give, just give us a taste. Okay. I sure will. So the one that I'm going to read is called Long-Term Effect, and this opens up the section where Shelby was raped at 14, Um, and so it's called Long-Term Effect. He took from me. He took from me at 14. Now, who do I turn to and on whom can I lean? Because he stripped me of my self-esteem. I knew because of our past, the world would call me fast. I feel guilty and ashamed because I know I'll be the one to blame. I'm confused as to how the abused is now used as society's punching bag. Now I'm dragged for feeling sad, all because he took from me. Mm. PTSD and RTS are both effects of you victimizing me, yet you still felt the need to psychologically toy with me. Now, there are so many moments when I feel like I can't breathe because you left me to bleed, to bleed anxiety and unable to cope in society, to bleed anger and become a danger to myself. These are the effects of you. Now, what do I do? That's, that, was, that was dope. That was one, that, 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 that kind of hit a certain place in me because... I have a very, very close family member that was raped um, years back. And, you know, even people, a lot of people don't understand that it doesn't just affect the, that person. It affects the people around them, too. Right. And I didn't, I didn't know at the time. That's when I learned from talking about it with people that I got to, I, I realized how many women out there out here have been if not raped at least sexually assaulted in some way shape or form i didn't know it was so prevalent out here the way it was because every it was like every other woman that i talked to about it would be like yeah when i was little or when i was in college or and i was like wow this is that's 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 crazy i you know it's one of them underlying parts of society that you would never know about unless you you know actually start having those conversations exactly exactly and a lot of times I think now 
more so than in the past. People are talking about it more now. Um, but, you know, there was a time where it was like, don't talk about it, you know, or the victim felt like they were, were to blame for it. Yeah. And um, just in my personal experience, when when I when that happened to me, it was almost like it was somebody I knew, which more than likely that's the case with a lot of victims is somebody that they know. And it was like, okay, because this was somebody that I, I went to high school with and I would hang out with, it was almost like, okay, they're going to blame me for it. You know, they're going to say that it was something that I did wrong. I just, you just carry it with you. And because you have that fear of, again, what are people going to think of me? Not that this person violated me and hurt me, but what are people going to think about me? And, and, and what did I do to cause that? And so a lot of times victims just, or women that have been victimized, they just, they just hold it in and, and they hide it and they just live with it. And um, I'm glad that now we live in a time where people are talking about it more and women aren't standing for it anymore. They're speaking up and speaking out. And so um, I think that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. And cause when, when my family member, when it happened to them, um, you know, she was grown and everything and she blamed herself and she called me. She's like, you always told me I'm too friendly. I'm too nice to people. Cause she met somebody at a grocery store and they had a conversation and, you know, end up inviting them over. It was a middle of the day type of thing. And, mm -hmm. but you know, you never know what's on somebody else's mind. And I had to check myself because when I was told that I started I, for a second, blamed her too. Cause it was like, yeah, I, I do always tell you though, quit being so nice to people. Quit trying. Everybody's not your friend. You got to watch these people. I'm not around to protect you all the time. And I had to check myself and was like, that's not, no matter what she did, that was not her fault. Exactly. And she had to come to uh, grips with that too. You know, it's not, it was, it was, you, you may have, you were just being you. Right. And, you know, ended up in a situation that, it would have been better if you weren't in, but you can't fault yourself that that happened because it could have happened to anybody. It happens to men. It happens to mm -hmm. children. It, it happens to everybody. Like, and a lot of men specifically don't talk about it. You know, um, I was placed in a situation when I was little you know, uh, with someone, uh, and this was a female my age. You know, I told, talk about it on my <laughs> growing up DeVille, you know, where she, she punched me in my nose and made me shore of my private parts. I'm not ashamed to say it anymore. But still, when I tell the story, everybody laughs. But then I was like, as a kid though, you don't realize the type of damage that that does. How now, how do I look at women growing up my whole life because of this one encounter I had with this female? Exactly. Exactly. And then for men, you know, some, you know, there's certain stigma placed on men, you know, it's like you're taught to be strong and, oh, she's just a female and, you know, 
and you're supposed to be tough and that's not necessarily that's not the case like men have emotions and men have feelings and you shouldn't be violated just because you're a man so it definitely goes both ways you know especially nowadays you hear so much about our little boy not just our little girls but our little boys too yeah and so i just it goes for for both female and male yeah now let's switch gears a little bit Get okay. back to a lighter note. I don't want people, I don't want nobody over there. I feel like they're getting their tissues out right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, we don't want that. But um, so this is a question that I ask everyone in one shape or one way or another. Okay. For a person that's coming up now, could be, doesn't matter, younger person, older person, a person that has it in their head, you know, that they want to, let's say, write a book. Mm-hmm. what advice would you give to that person? I would just say what whatever you choose, whatever story you choose to tell, no matter what genre you choose, make sure that you are writing from your heart. I think a lot of times as writers, and I was guilty of it myself, you want it to be perfect, right? You want it to be perfect. You want... Um, you're, you start writing with the idea of what you think. Yeah, you want your readers to, to love it, of course, but you want to make sure that it's something that you're passionate about. You want to make sure it's something that um, you're knowledgeable about, and you want to make sure that whatever story you tell, that you're, you're truly yourself, truly authentically yourself when you're writing your story. And so that would be the biggest advice that I would give. Like, be free, have fun with it. You know, the the editing and all that stuff will come later, but when you're in your creative space, have fun with it. Don't make it feel like a job, you know? Make it feel like it's something that you're truly passionate about, if, if writing is what you wanna do. So, so just have fun with it and, and be as creative as you wanna be with it. Nice. Now, tell the people where they can find your book. So my book is on Amazon. Um, you can search my name, Zarina Woods, um, and, and that's primarily where it's been sold at. Um, I also have, I could be found on Facebook at Author Zarina Woods and on Instagram at Author Zarina Woods. I do have a few events coming up, such as book signings, so I've posted that on my Facebook page. The first one that I have currently set in stone is going to be July 18th, and it's going to be at the Nubian Bookstore in Morrow, and that's posted on my Facebook and my Instagram page. And so, but right now the book can be found on Amazon. I love that new that uh, Nubian bookstore in Morrow. Yes, yes, I've been, it is. I've been going there since it was in the mall. Okay, I remember when it was in the mall. I do. Yes. Yeah, I haven't I've, been in a while, though. I've got so many books up out of there. Really? Well, yeah. maybe you'll get a copy of mine. Maybe. <laughs> so, people, make sure that y'all go. Find that book. It yeah. sounds great. Now, I'm going to warn you, because she didn't tell you. Her name has a silent C. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the beginning. Threw me off. Threw me completely <laughs> off. I was like, I don't know. And I feel like I'm a pretty decently educated person. Not only do I feel I'm pretty decently educated, I feel like I'm smart. <laughs> you are. You are. 
I looked at that and I was like, mm, <laughs> not even going to try it. I'm just going to ask from the rip. Right, right. So it's C-Z-A-R-I-N-A Woods, author Zarina Woods. Yeah. So you got, you got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No, I just want to say thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, I enjoyed our conversation and um, I, I appreciate it. And to everyone out there, just remember to go for your dreams, let down your mask and, and, j- and just keep going, keep thriving. Don't worry about what people say or think. Just just do what, what feels good to you. As always, thank you to each and every last one of y'all that tune in to Thoughts by the Ville the podcast. I appreciate all of you. And I love you guys for tuning in. Otherwise, I'd just be talking to myself. And I appreciate you for taking the time out to talk with me today. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you so much. No problem. And we out of here. Y'all have a good one.